And that is how you bounce back. Pacers end their losing streak by beating the Sixers in their top five defense and ending their six-game winning streak. Pascal Siakam has a triple-double. Tyrese Halberton is officially an all-star starter. What a night in Gamebridge Fieldhouse, and we'll talk about it all today on the Locked On Pacers podcast. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, y'all. Congrats, you made it through the week, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and SI, and today, lots and lots to talk about. What a Thursday night in Game Root Fieldhouse. Pacers, losers of three in a row entering the day, hosting the Sixers, winners of six in a row entering the day. Neither of those are the case anymore. Pacers beat the Sixers handily, crushed them wire to wire. What a night for the Pacers. What a night for Pascal Siakam. Triple-double number six of his career. Looked fantastic all night. Pacers made some adjustments. His front court pairing with Miles Turner looked great. And about two seconds into the game, it was announced Tyrese Halliburton is an all-star starter. He is a two-time all-star now for the Indiana Pacers, even if he doesn't play in the game. Congrats to Halliburton. We have a lot to get to. Miles Turner was great. Big win for the Pacers, right? They, if, if they they lost to Portland, if they had just won that game, the vibes would be so high for this team right now because they were right in it with Phoenix, they were right in it with Denver, and they were awesome in this game. A lot ha, ha, was uh, aided by the practice they were able to have, even a shorter one, on Wednesday. But you could look at the game chart of this game and get a great story of what happened, right? The game chart the NBA.com has has a lead tracker, which shows you who was winning and when and which team. Well, this one's funny because the Pacers took a 1-0 lead 20 seconds into the game via a Miles Turner free throw. They never trailed the rest of the way. So for 20 seconds, this game was tied, and the Pacers never gave it away. They were routinely up 10 or more throughout the second quarter. They were up 20 or more throughout the third quarter, peaking at 27. A little scary late. It got to like 13, but if 13 is scary, that says a lot about your night. Dominating game. For the Pacers. And it's a key adjustment. This sounds so stupid, but this makes sense as why it was an adjustment, right? They finally got to practice with Pascal Siakam on Wednesday. Figure out how to get, like, what the best ways to get him the ball are, how to keep him involved, what you know, all, all sorts of important stuff, right? And we'll talk about his specific game in a while. But we learned before the game from Rick Carlisle that, especially with Tyrese Halliburton out, they were going to find ways to make more ball-handling opportunities for Pascal Siakam, and they did, and it was awesome. If you just looked at the box score, you'd say, he only took 13 shots. Yeah, well, that's because he also drew a bunch of fouls and took 10 free throws and had 10 assists. He did awesome with the ball all game. He mentioned after getting traded that it was tough, right? It was his first time ever getting traded. He didn't sleep at all after like the first two days. He's just trying to figure stuff out. But then he said after his first practice, Pascal Siakam, quote, I feel more and more comfortable Right, and that was really important. He really needed that. Rick Carlisle said, "There's things we needed to cover for sure. Very valuable. We need to keep finding those windows of opportunity." I, as far as I can recall, that was their first serious, real. You know, they they do practicing like to a lighter extent a lot, but like a serious, big time, realer practice in like a month at home. They had a couple on the road during their road trip, so that was really. Significant for Siakam post trade to get comfortable, to get acclimated, for him to learn his teammates and vice versa. And you could really quickly see the kind of dividends that had. They got him the ball in better spots, and he was attacking everybody. 
Joel Embiid, check. He's going right at him. Nick Batum, no problem. Kelly Oubre Jr., get out of the way. Bench players, KJ Martin, Ricky Council, Furkan Korkmaz, what are you doing? Get out of the way. He was awesome. And in the end, that led to Pascal Siakam with 26 points, his best as a pacer, 13 rebounds, his best as a pacer, and 10 assists, his best as a pacer. And importantly for all three of those numbers, every single one of those numbers was a, a the highest number on the pacers, right? He was their best rebounder, he was their best scorer, and he was their best assistant. That is the kind of level and impact they hope he can have. And the adjustment sounds so simple. Let's have him create. Let's get him the ball. Like, duh, he's really good. But he didn't know these guys or the plays or how to do them with the right amount of pace. Like, you could see that kind of stuff a little bit on the road trip. Tonight, that didn't look so clunky. Maybe that's just because shots went in. But in general, there was, you know, a lot more openings and a lot more good passes and a lot more timely cutting. And all of that stuff you could see grow from what the Pacers did on Wednesday, and it led to Pascal Siakam's best game of for the Pacers, one of his best games of the season, quite frankly, and it only took him about 30 minutes to do it. And oh, by the way, he defended pretty well at the same time. That's what he does. It was a really, really impressive performance. So big ups to the Pacers for finding the time to get that in. Like At this stage of the season, practices are pretty rare, so to have one like that was significant for this team and pretty important. But not, of course, he had 10 assists. So not only did Siakam benefit from getting the touches, from getting his free throws, scoring, everything, that means other guys that he is passing to are also having good games. Let's read some numbers for you. Plus 21, plus 30, plus 21, plus 23, plus 18. That is the plus minus for the Pacers starters in this game. They were awesome as a unit in this one. They were okay in previous games, but they were awesome in this one. 18 minutes they played for the Pacers, plus 21 was that specific five-man lineup. 61 to 40, they outscored the Sixers. That is awesome stuff from that group. And of course, again, a practice is going to help, but it helps that Aaron Neesmith was terrific. 16 points for Neesmith, eight boards, three assists, and he made all of his threes. He was special. And Siakam helps with that, right? Different attention, different matchups, making corner threes. Miles Turner, I will talk more specifically about him uh, and his Siakam's fit in just a second, but 20 points for Turner, second highest on the team. Really key stabilizing player. Turner deserves a ton of praise for his play in this game for another reason we'll get to in a second. Seven for 12, nine boards, two blocks. Awesome performance. Buddy Heald, 11 points, four for six from the field, three rebounds, two assists, two steals. Good stuff. Andrew Nemhart, another consecutive good games for him. The six turnovers, yuck. Yes, he needs to clean that up. He was also 8 for 15 with 19 points, a season high there, and eight assists. So the bench was rocky-ish. You know, Matherin was a little better. He was huge in the first half. He had 10 awesome, incredible uh, points consecutively in the second quarter. But McConnell was efficient enough and added five assists. Obi Toppin was efficient enough. Jalen Smith was efficient enough that even though... The bench specifically was losing their minutes. They did well enough to keep it interesting, and the starters were awesome, and they all fit better with Siakam. He was plus 30, plus 30 in this game. Fantastic stuff, and all the lineups he was a part of just looked way better, way more cohesive. When he's out there with Ben Matherin, Pacers winning that group with with Matherin and with the starters instead of Neesmith. When he's with a bench-heavy group with Buddy Heald and TJ McConnell, Pacers win those minutes by five points. When he's out there with Ben Shepard, the Pacers win those. Ben Shepard, TJ McConnell, Ben Mather in backcourt with Siakam Turner. Plus seven. He was out there at center again. They played those minutes to an even draw. He played with Jalen Smith. Those minutes went fine. It was just 
so impressive that the Pacers were able to find ways so much quicker after one practice to get Siakam in better positions on both ends of the floor and thus to make everyone else's lives way easier all night. And I think we'll, you know, especially with Tyrese Halbert sidelined, at least tomorrow we'll see how much longer after that. I think you'll see more successful games from him. I don't think it's going to be to that extent necessarily. I mean, a triple-double with 26, 13, and 10 is a bananas game. Like, entering the night, if you just want to look at Siakam this season, he only had one 10-assist game all season. It was right after Christmas with the Raptors. He had 11, right? 26 points. He had hit that uh, 12 times. That's a pretty good amount. And then the rebounds, he had never done that this season. 13 is his season high. Like expecting this level, this awesome level of production, you probably can think close to that with the scoring with Halbert now. Maybe not quite the dimes and the rebounds. But the fact that he can reach this level in a game the Pacers desperately need him to against a red-hot Sixers team that's won six in a row against Joel Embiid and his 30-point automatic number night, and against the number four defense in the NBA. Pascal Siakam was up for it. He was awesome. The Pacers were awesome, and they got a much-needed win to snap their losing streak. 25-20 and 20 now, a uh, big win, and some stretch of easier opponents finally coming. I keep saying it, but the Pacers have won enough games to be over 500 when that stretch starts, and that is extremely significant. Any other wins they can get are huge. Two, they win the season series with the Sixers and Bucks, and they have a chance to do it if they win next week against the Celtics. I mean, for a team that has two losses to Portland, one to Washington, one to Charlotte, that is crazy. That is the Pacers' season in a nutshell. Their highs are so high, and they were, again, on Thursday night. Siakam was incredible, and so many guys stepped up and were ready to help him be incredible throughout the game. Some other guys who deserve love for various reasons coming up. Miles Turner hanging in with Embiid for a whole game. Very rare. And some other guys who warrant a ton of praise throughout the notes. And Tyrese Halbert, an all-star. We got to talk about that, what it means for the Pacers. But first, we have to talk about eBay Motors, our partners who have teamed up with Lockdown Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy basketball picks each week all season long. If you're prepping for a daily draft, scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit your roster via eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Who did Josh pick this week? A couple guys who just played the Pacers, including Jabari Walker, who was fantastic for the Blazers. He's now starting. Josh thinks his role is fairly solid for the rest of the season. He's been pulling in double-doubles all the time. The Pacers will see this guy, an IPFW guy, uh, on Sunday. John Conchar, Grizzlies rotation. He's playing every night. Another guy, Brandon Miller's been playing well. Patrick Williams doing well for the Bulls with Zach Levine out. And Nick Richards uh, with Mark Williams still sidelined is getting a ton of run with the Charlotte Hornets like Miller. Those are five guys to look at on the fantasy front this week. And Josh Lloyd, fantasy ba- Locked on Fantasy Basketball, will help you win your fantasy championships while eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, and that is the same with your vehicle. you got to check it out. It's the best way to keep your dream ride or a car you love or even your first car. Just fix it and keep it running. I could have used it back in the days when I was back out in the scrapyard trying to keep my first car, my Chrysler Sebring, running. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, Bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at those prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Back here on Lockdown Pacers, thanks for making us your first listen today and every single day. For your second listen, check out Lockdown Sixers here about Joel Embiid, who scored 70 points on Monday and only 31 today, and the 76ers, who are rolling through the East, except for when they play the Pacers, who they went 1-2 and two against this season, including an in-season tournament game. But beating the Sixers without Tyrese Halliburton, that is the best, to me, Pacers win since Halliburton this season. That win in Miami was pretty good. The win in Sacramento was pretty good. Beating the Sixers without him, awesome stuff. They did some stuff we talked about earlier this week that was important, like taking and making threes. They didn't take a ton, 28, but they made them. They made 12 of them. They really took care of uh, their stuff on the offensive glass. They got to the line enough, even though obviously the Sixers are going to dominate them when it comes to the free throw game so some stuff the Pacers would want back like the turnover battle uh, but when you make enough shots that doesn't matter and they did a great job of actually scoring I want to talk about Embiid and Miles Turner and that matchup specifically Joel Embiid was still I mean he's just a fantastic player um, 31 points 7 rebounds 3 assists for Joel Embiid that sounds insane that is his third game without a triple double in like two or excuse me a double double in like two months Right, he had an insane streak of 30 point, 10 rebound or 10 assist games going, but it, limiting him like that is nuts, right? So he had 36 points, seven rebounds, two assists against the Magic on January 19th. Outside of that game, every game he's played since, gosh, this is gonna take me a while. Every game he's played since November 17th has been a, a double double, right? Like he's insane, and he was on this crazy streak of uh, since November 15th still of 30-point games. He had 31 in this game, right? So this all sounds crazy to say this because, again, well, let me read this stat line again. Joel Embiid had 31-7-3, and three, and I thought the Pacers did awesome on him. <laughs> like, it, just given all that, it sounds crazy. But what's he averaging? Thirty Entering the night, Joel Embiid was averaging 36.1 points. Pacers held him under that. Check, right? He had 31. Uh, seven rebounds is what Joel Embiid had against the Pacers. He averages 11.6 per game. And he had three assists in this game. His average on the season is 5.9. So the Pacers held him under his usual statistical outing in every single one of his key stats, even with you know the insane numbers he put up. He got to the line. He was 11 for 20. That speaks to, one, how good he is, but two, an impressive night for Miles Turner on both ends. Right? Not only did Turner have 20 points and nine boards and was plus 21, usually these games... Like the one we talked about yesterday, looking back with Alex Golden, like I think he played 19 minutes in one of the Sixers games earlier this season because he gets in foul trouble against Embiid all the time, especially that first game when they got smoked, and he was better in the second one. He had a huge fourth quarter in that in-season tournament game. But this game specifically, I even put it in my notes. I can't remember exactly the first time I typed it. He wasn't fouling at all. Turner finishes 27 minutes with four fouls, even with Embiid cooking late in the first quarter. Miles Turner did not have a foul through one quarter. And that matchup, that's significant. He was coaxing him into jumpers. He was making his life hard. He was being physical. That stuff really matters. So one, big credit to Miles Turner for his defense in this game. I know that sounds ridiculous because of his matchup stat line, but he did a good job. That was his be- one of his best ever games defensively against Joel Embiid. And he paired it with, again, hitting half his threes, four free throws himself, 20 points, awesome game from Turner. And the other part of this Turner thing is the part that I'll be writing about tomorrow, right? Him and Siakam have both talked about their fit together. Like Siakam keeps, you know, a floor spacer as a big, finally, like he said, he told Turner in the game, like, yo, space out. Like, I'm going to score. You're going to get the ball. And what do you know? They assisted each other a few times. Siakam scored at the rim. Turner hit three threes. Boom. That's great. And, you know, they've both pointed this out. Kalen Cooper's pointed this out. It's way harder now to put 
fours on Turner or put fives on whoever is at the four for the Pacers if it's Siakam because that's a mismatch that the Pacers can exploit. That changes the dynamic of what the Pacers can and can't do on the offensive end. Like so many things are now easier for their front court duo. And in this game, they combined for 46 points and they combined. Let me be more clear. They combined for 46 points on 25 shots. They combined for 22 rebounds as well. They were awesome on both ends too. Their deep, like their defense was good too. So big credits to Miles Turner for the way he played on both ends in this game and the way they were actually able to limit Joel Embiid in a way that is so difficult to do this season, even if his stat line just looks completely bananas. Tyrese Maxey, the key to me, we talked about that with Alex yesterday as well. Um, when the Pacers lost to the Sixers, Tyrese Maxey had 50 points. When they beat them the next night, he had 27 uh, he had 22 in this game, 22 points, only two assists for Tyrese Maxey. He was one for eight from deep, seven for 17 from the field. The Pacers limited their stars, and no one—I mean, they didn't have Tobias Harris, but no one else on the Sixers scored more than 11 points in this game. So that was the number four defense in the NBA. Uh, Pacers tore them up for 134. They limited-ish them to 122. Just really good stuff from the Pacers on both ends. A couple other notes before we talk. Uh, Halliburton All-Star. I know I mentioned Matherin's kind of eh game, but he had a huge stretch that kind of got the Pacers going in this game. Uh, in the second quarter, he uh, scored. Let's see how quickly I can I can do math. Uh, he scored 10 points in a minute and a half. At the time, when the quarter started, it was like an eight-point game. It was pretty close. Matherin hits a running pull-up. He's fouled. He hits the free throw. Matherin hits a bank shot. Guess what? He's fouled again. He hits a driving finger roll. Next possession, they're up 11. He got fouled on that, too. He hit a layup on the next possession. Like, he was just awesome. Awesome to start the second quarter. At a time when the Philly, when Philly could have turned things around, got some momentum, got back in the game. Right, They were only down eight. They were better to close the quarter. He was awesome at a key time, and that was big for momentum and big for the Pacers to stay ahead. Uh, Isaiah Jackson didn't play much. Jalen Smith was back in the lineup, but... Uh, foul troubles for the backup bigs. Jalen Smith finished this game fouling out with six fouls. He only played nine minutes and fouled six times. Isaiah Jackson played to start the fourth quarter as a result. And wowee, was he awesome for those five minutes. The Sixers' reserves in the fourth quarter were playing unbelievable. They cut the lead to 13 at one point. They could have cut it way lower. But Isaiah Jackson's rim protection was ridiculous. He was making guys miss. He was blocking shots. He was running the floor. He was terrific in that stretch. His stat line looks like nothing, but he was so good. That was a very important stretch for the Pacers. The only time they looked totally overwhelmed in that game was during that stretch, and Isaiah Jackson uh, kept him going. And the bench uh, was in too long for the Pacers, but it didn't matter as much because of how big he uh, Isaiah Jackson was in that stretch. Uh, Andrew Nemhard and Aaron Neesmith hit two big corner threes late in this game, and similar to the Pacers last game. If their two best defenders are having wonderful offensive nights, they combine for 35 points. That's generally good news for the Pacers. Last note, we talked about this a little bit earlier this week, but not enough. Ben Shepard, I noted this on this show. I noted this on 107.5 The Fan. Uh, to me, especially given the Pacers' current constraints without Tyrese Halberton, he's in their best defensive five. To me, it's right now Nemhard, Shepard, Neesmith, Yakum, Turner. Well, guess what? Ben Shepard in the rotation in this game. He played 15 minutes. He didn't shoot it well, one for four from the field. But he had five boards, two assists. His minutes went fine. He fouled a lot. But I think this is a choice the Pacers are making, and maybe a smart one if he keeps defending at this level and having this level of energy that he could be the, their you know, 10th guy 
on a given night, and maybe they go nine and don't play them some nights, and their bench is just topping Smith, McConnell, Matherin. That's totally fine. That makes sense to me. But they found the time for him to play today, and they really needed to. And he stepped up big for them. Two games in a row where you know, he's able to play over 10 minutes and look pretty good. I'll have to write about him at some point, but that's smart by the Pacers. They figured out that this is a lineup that works. They figured out that he can play key defense for them. And guess what? Ben Shepard up for the task. Another good game for him. He has earned these minutes with his defense and energy, right? You don't have to be a scorer. You don't have to be all cylinders clicking on offense to be playing as a rookie. And Ben Shepard is proving that again, being in possibly the Pacers best defensive five in this game. I was trying to see if um, they played that five in this game, but I was having trouble using my computer because I'm not very good at uh, technology. I don't think they ever got to it uh, in this one, but they, he was with McConnell, I think, basically exclusively. But he played quite well, and that's significant for the Pacers going forward. The game happened. Big win for the Pacers, 25-20. and 20. Suns in 20 hours, less than that. That's a big game. we got to talk about that. And the big news beyond the game, Tyrese Halburn, an all-star starter. The fourth one ever for the Pacers. What's up with that? What, what does that mean for Halburn, Indy, all that? We'll talk about all that to close out today's show. Before we do so, though, we're going to talk about the wonderful folks over at Grammarly. When it comes to writing, Grammarly is there to support you from start to finish. For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology you can trust to help you across all the places where you write the most, and it helps you do even more. It can brainstorm, rewrite, and do many more with their suggestions based on context goals. If you're stuck with writing something at work, they can help you get started with ideas, outlines, and even tips. For example, give me 10 possible taglines for a video thumbnail. If you need to polish your writing, they can help you paraphrase or rewrite, or in my case, I use Grammarly all the time, copy edit, be concise, all sorts of helpful stuff. You can get through emails quicker with summarized responses. It is so helpful in saving time, being more creative, and being more accurate. If you've got a big presentation coming up, yep, there you go. If you need an important email, boom, there you go. The best part is it's free to use, so start being more productive at work. Go to Grammarly, G-R-A-M-M-A-R, ly.com slash podcast to download for free today. Again, that's grammarly.com slash podcast. And we're back here on Lockdown Pacers. Thanks for making us your first listen today and every single day. Three wrecks for your second listen. Lockdown Raptors to hear about Siakam's old team, Bruce Brown, Jordan Warren's new team. Uh, Lockdown Kings or Lockdown Warriors because every time the Kings and Warriors play, the game is fantastic. They played again last night. I was watching it while finishing up a story after getting home from the Pacers game. And it was, once again, fantastic. One-point game. Kings win this time. Devonta Sabonis and company. I believe that's two wins in a row for the Kings since losing to the Pacers at home last week. Tyrese Halliburton is no longer just an all-star. He is now a two-time all-star. He is now an all-star starter. Big stuff for the kid from Oshkosh. He tweeted uh, after the game tonight. He didn't play, but he, it, it was tricky timing. This is the second year in a row this has happened. Last year, Halliburton returned from injury against the Lakers the same day that all-star reserves were announced. Uh, and they, they don't announce him until the 7 o'clock TNT broadcast starts. So the game already started, and then Halliburton was named an all-star, and then they honored him during the first time out. Tonight was the same thing. The starters were being announced, and I thought it was pretty obvious he was going to be one of them. Every media person said they were going to vote for him. He dominated the fan voting. But the TNT broadcast started at 7, and the Pacers played on that Thursday again. So they found out, found out, air quotes, uh, during the game. And then during the first time out, they announced it, and Halliburton tweeting... 
uh, late last night. I'm an all-star starter man, but sitting here soaking this in like, dang, I wasn't supposed to be here, but I put in the work. It was written to my peers, the media, and the fans. This can't happen without y'all. Looking forward to putting on another show in Indy. Well-deserved, right? Well, th- there's not much more to say than well-deserved. You know, I-, I think that the second one is kind of like, yeah, you're, you know, you're a guy now. You know, you can be a one-time all-star and be an injury replacement or just like that was your peak season and Halliburton was 23. I don't think anybody expected that. He's still 23. But this is a different thing. When you hit the second all-star level, like you're established, you're ascending, you're a, you're a guy. Um and, you know, that's kind of what Rick Carlisle said. And the starter part of it is a big deal. Like, you don't talk about who was and wasn't a starter for, like, resumes for players. But right now, in the moment, it's a big deal. Rick Carlisle said, being named a starter is a big deal. It just puts you in another class, another category. It's an enormous honor. And the fact that it's three different groups now, I think, makes it even more meaningful. So let's talk about those three groups. How did Tyrus Halberton do in this process? Um, so there's a fan vote aspect. There is a media vote aspect. There's tons that goes into deciding all-stars and things like that. Well, guess what? Tyrese Halberton uh, finished first in fan voting. So fans clearly think he's fantastic and he should be one of the starters. Uh, the media voted him first among Eastern Conference guards, and you'll never guess where the players voted him. How about first? <laughs> he won all of them, right? So Tyrese Halberton, unanimous first place in uh, among East Guards. The only unanimous player was Giannis. Uh, LeBron James was second in player rank and media rank, so he was not unanimous in the West front court. And Luka Doncic uh, was second in player rank and media rank as well. So he, again, not quite unanimous. Joining Halliburton as starters will be Damian Lillard, Giannis, Tatum, Embiid, outvoted for Donovan Mitchell, myself, Jalen Brunson, and Lillard tied in weighted score. Uh, but Lillard ends up getting the spot because he did better in the fan voting. Obviously, look, Tyrese Halliburton deserves this. He's been unbelievable this season. Best passing guard in the NBA. His scoring is now with it. They have wins to go with it. He was amazing in the in-season tournament. He's just a stud, right? I asked Nick Nurse about him before the game. Nick Nurse said he's been absolutely incredible with everything. Commands the game's leadership, the scoring, the deep threes, the passing, the enthusiasm. He's been really incredible. Hard to scout, hard to beat. Well-deserved. I mean, there's not much else to say besides this was obvious, right? It would have been stunning to me if he wasn't a starter. And I... I actually think the chances that he did what he did, which was sweep all three categories, was more likely than him not being a starter, just a complete runaway. Uh, In the front court, no Pacers finish in the top 10. Siakam finishes 12th, um, right behind Scotty Barnes and Mikael Bridges. And Miles Turner finishes 15th with Jared Allen and Franz Wagner being between Siakam and Turner. And then everybody else gets, like, player silly votes. Jalen Smith got six player votes, for example. It's like, I kind of hate to see that. Um, not, not that Jalen Smith hasn't been awesome this year, but just like he's not an all-star. Um, but to see all of that, I think is noteworthy. No media votes for either Turner or Siakam, but plenty of fan votes and player votes for both of those guys. Well-deserved. But Tyrese Halliburton starting uh, and the games in Indy, which is, of course, fantastic for him to be representing the Pacers in the Indianapolis-based all-star game. One more thing, really quick. Pacers-Suns tonight. Halliburton will not be playing once again, despite these honors coming. Uh, I think they'll do better than they did last time they played. One, because they understand the Siakam stuff a little better, like we talked about right at this top, how to use them, what the best place to do it is. Um, Their lineups make more sense now, right? I think that they'll be better than they were last week. The key to me, though, right, 
The key to me in this game is going to be communication on defense. If Buddy Heald's going to get targeted like that, if the Stars are all going to be clicking at that level, which they can and have been for the Suns, you got to rotate your butt off if you're the Pacers, right? I don't even, like. I don't even necessarily think they they need to score obviously to to keep up, but I don't know if they if if they win like one twenty to one nineteen, I'd be stunned. I think the Pacers winning this game is going to be something like they either win one thirty five to one ten because their offense is just insane. Or they somehow make it a, a 112-109 game and they defend their butts off because the Suns team can be kind of rickety. They haven't been recently. They've been fantastic. The Pacers game was Brad Beal's kind of like big explosion, best game of the season or one of his best games of the season at that point. They have to either find a way to slow one of the stars or just communicate their butts off and not let anybody else beat them. They were not doing that the last time these two teams played. They're not going to slow Kevin Durant. If Kevin Durant has an off night, it's because Kevin Durant missed shots. It's not because of anything a defense did or even can do to him, right? Kind of the same deal with Devin Booker, although given his height, there are things you can do. You can slow Bradley Beal. It is possible, but it's tough. So it's all about making it as hard as possible on those guys, hitting first, forming walls. Don't let them get in the paint and communicating as much as you can about defensive rotations. And on the offensive end, the Suns not a particularly formidable defensive team. Make Yusuf Nurkic move. Miles Turner needs to set a bajillion screens in this game. Nemhard getting into the paint. McConnell having a better game than in Phoenix getting into the paint. Those are keys to me because of the Suns. Also not the greatest defensive team rotationally. Frank Vogel's got them pretty good on that end. But um, in general, their personnel's not quite there. That's all my Suns stuff. I don't have a ton of time for it because of a lot of other stuff that happened in this game. Uh, I won't be watching the Suns game while it happens. I'll be in a wedding this weekend. I will catch up with it late. I will be back for the Grizzlies game, though. So next Monday, we'll talk about the Grizzlies game. I'll catch up on the Suns game and talk about it, watch it, uh, and so we can talk about the Pacers weekend that was. Was Halberton back? What did that mean? What's coming with the Celtics? All sorts of fun stuff, as we do here on the Locked On Pacers podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed today's show and the Pacers win on Thursday night. If I don't see you till Monday, have a fantastic weekend, and if somehow I do, How have you found me this weekend? Either way, thanks for listening today. If you would like to comment on anything I said or have any questions, you could find me on Twitter or X or whatever at Tony R. East. Or if you're watching on YouTube, just comment down below. The show is on Twitter at Lockdown Pacers. Till then, everybody, have a wonderful weekend.